Welcome back to Football on the 40. This week, we're bringing you a review of the spring football, which capped off last weekend with a spring game at DKR. We're pleased to announce that the Longhorns came out with the W and can't wait to recap some highlights, standout players, and storylines coming out of the spring season. We've been light on episode releases for the last couple of months, but have continued buying into or avoiding the plague of the absolute hype fest that is off-season Texas football. Listen in this episode for a recap of what we call the Texas National Championship, breaking down Texas football's remarkable sixth in the nation preseason ESPN FPI ranking, and our takes of the quarterback battle between Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers. I'm Jake Robinson, and as always, I welcome our co-hosts Bowen Kai, Kevin Mathis, and Andrew Harris to the show. How are y'all doing? Doing good. I'm excited to be back. Excited to record again. Yeah, it's been it's been way too long. <clears throat> has been. It has been. Yeah, we we excited definitely we definitely didn't deliver on that uh, promised uh, basketball um, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but we tried. We are we are football on the forty, right? So uh, let's let's jump right into this this um, national championship recap. Um, but before we get in the highlights of the game, man, what were y'all's thoughts on that LHN coverage? I heard oh. some I heard some drama, but I watched it on YouTube, so I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> so I think I might be the only one that will say this, but I think Sark screwed over LHN. I don't think it was a. I don't think it was LA James' fault for the for the broadcasting issues. Yeah, but why would we have TV timeouts? It's a practice. Because every other spring game has TV timeouts. Or not every other school, Andrew. Yeah. So he so he told LA Chan they couldn't have commercial breaks, right? Through his actions, yes. Got it. I can get that. I can get that. He didn't like explicitly tell LHN, like he didn't go to their studios and was like, yeah, you're getting no commercial breaks, but they got to pay for, like, they got to pay themselves somehow. As a viewer, I appreciate it. I'm sure they were pissed, but they don't have, have all that much sway. And if they were smart, they could have done, you know, the whole no commercial breaks this spring game brought to you by Taco Bell or something like that and still made you know, revenue off the game. So that's on them. Yes. Yeah. We are we already cashed that that LH in check. So I don't really care if they if they collapse at this point. All right, let's get into it. Bo, you're up first. What do you think about that game? Yeah, so like Kevin, I caught the replay on YouTube because we're in a wedding season and it's like three wedding seasons in a in one year this year so could not catch the spring game live um i did watch all the highlights though and in some of the commentary on 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 the twitter sphere so i didn't bucket these into into themes necessarily but these were my thoughts um as i was as i was watching the 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 replay so feel free to chime in on on any of these at the end y'all okay so first one i don't know how much of a hot take this is but i feel like marcus washington is still I wrote trash in my notes. Trash might be a little strong, but 
I just, I really don't believe in Marcus Washington. And while I'm mentioning some of the receivers from last year, I don't know when we are supposed to give up on Kelvante. I'm not super impressed. I know we didn't really see, see him that much, but I'm, I was not impressed from what I saw. Uh, I think Whittington still looks awesome in the slot though. I mean, they, they, from the, I know they, it's a pretty vanilla offense that we were running in, in the scrimmage, but it's just, it's still pretty sweet. Um, some other notes, just a few more. I feel like Burt's, I'm, I'm not the kicking expert for the pod, but I feel like Burt's kicks do not look good. I mean, in the offense technically lost the game on his missed field goal there at the end too, but even on his other ones throughout the game, I feel like he was not getting a ton of rotation on those kicks. Like they look slow on the release. Like I was just not pleased. Um, a couple other notes on Quinn. I think he missed Isaiah Nayor on, on just like a, like a 20 yard pass, like overthrew him completely. And he was wide open. That was pretty bad. I think he recognized that early. Um, Quinn to Xavier was nice though. Deshaun Jameson is just not great. And then the last thing to like sum it up, I guess, is I was nervous watching the offense play in a scrimmage. So I feel like that's just a result of, I don't call it PTSD or call it just, just ingrained with being nervous about something bad happening in a re in a meaningless replay. That's that, that, that's how I felt. So that's all I got. Andy, did you, did you want to chime in? Okay, so I'm a little confused. Why were you nervous about the offense? I don't know, Andy. That's a great question. I wasn't even watching it live. I was just like, oh, my gosh, something bad's about to happen. Oh, my gosh, quarterback's about to get sacked, even though they clearly are instructed to have no contact. I just felt like something was going to happen. It just was like, I don't know, just just all our years on the <laughs> watching, I think just coming to fruition we should coin that something like texas anxiety or <laughs> <laughs> something like that yeah i don't know should we be anxiety on the 40 should we name to that uh, <laughs> yes that's great before we post this make sure it's not already taken um uh, yeah let's let's also let's also give a grade to um let's just do overall team performance. And then if you want to do an, an offense and a defensive grade too, but what, what do you got? Yeah. Um, I mean, based on like what we were told going into it, like just a hundred plays, it's not going to, they're not going to show anything off and they're going to like rotate everyone in and out. I feel like it was, it was pretty satisfactory. I, I would maybe say like overall B giving the defense a B plus since they won and offensive B minus. I think it's just a solid B and I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I would. I, th I think I would say B also and would preface it with the same concept that you brought up. There's like before this game expectation wasn't that we were going to see a lot of cool things from the playbook on either end of the field. So that B is like a B in a spring game, not a team B compared to the football that we're used to seeing in the fall, right? Because the intention wasn't really to um, test the playbook. It was more like to start to get, you know, live reps and experience in front of fans and have some sort of semblance of like a game setting. So 
I don't think any of us expected flashes, right, and and trick plays or whatever. And we also didn't get much, you know, third and long type stress on the offenses, um, which probably made it look on film a lot more productive than it would have been in reality. So it was cool to see, you know, because we all know about the quarterback battle and we'll talk about that at the end here. But it was interesting to kind of contrast styles between the quarterbacks and see the ball move. And, you know, I think we had minimal injuries, which is a win. So I think it was fun. Um, But it doesn't increase my confidence more than, you know, it was before the spring game. Um, Which was low. Very low. Yeah, pretty low. (laughs) We didn't see a lot of a lot of blips out of the offensive line or like major screw ups, but they also weren't like having significant push against the D line on run plays. Um, and like Moen was saying, there was a lot of times where, you know, we had some disruption from the defensive line and, you know, what would be big hits in a regular game against a quarterback, like would have happened if they weren't wearing, you know, different colored jerseys and couldn't be touched. So I'd, I'd give it a B. It was fun to watch them on the field again because we haven't seen that in in months now um but yeah play calling was pretty vanilla um i think one thing that that really stood out to me was the talent that we have in the tight end position now um we have what's his name is it jaleel billingsley yeah the transfer from alabama is just like very physical like a a true tight end body type kind of like almost as tall as Colin Johnson, but much bigger build. Right. So I'm really glad that he's here. I really didn't know much about the guy before he transferred here and still don't know a whole lot, but to see him kind of like fighting and being physical out there on the field was really cool. And then it looked to me like they've moved Jatavion Sanders, who I swear was recruited on the defensive side of the ball. Wasn't he Andrew? He's playing tight end now also. He played tight end in, in high school too. I think okay. it, they like he wanted to play tight end instead of uh, the end. But Yeah, I think, yeah, we had him either on the defensive line or something, but I knew that he wasn't like someone who I perceived as being an offensive player. And he has great hands. Like the Billingsley guy is really physical and hopefully is a good blocker, but Jatavion Sanders was like out there catching passes across across the field and had some really nice plays catching the ball so you know we've had tight ends in the last few years that are capable of playing well but they're more like good blockers we don't have you know physicality out of the tight end position or like reliable catchers of the football at that position so to have two of them is gonna I think change up the look on the field and maybe help us on the offensive side of the ball you know help give Bijan more space or get Xavier worthy less coverage or something like that. So I think that was my main take. Um, but yeah, overall we won. So we didn't lose the spring game, which was big. And that's all we wanted. <laughs> Huge outcome. Um, yeah, just, I guess going with the grade to begin with, I, I don't know about y'all, but you know, a couple times in elementary school, I got that in and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or the eye where it's incomplete and you know you need to see more kind of juice before you can give a proper grade and um yeah i i uh, that's just how i feel with the spring game it's hard for me to give a grade for instance this 
it's really hard to judge the offensive line and defensive line. It's like if the defensive line makes a play, it's like, did they do a good job or did the offensive line just screw it up? So I, I, I just would like to see more things because as Kevin said, the, everything was very vanilla and it's kind of hard to see, but it was fun getting to, getting to watch and you saw flashes in the pan from different players. And that's always exciting. Um, I'm really thankful Bijan didn't play. There's no reason why he should play. Um, and this might be a little controversial, but even if Bijan gets hurt this year, there would be a drop-off for sure, just because of how special he is. But I don't think we would see as much of a drop-off as we would have last year if something happened to him. I know he got hurt in the Kansas game, but if, say, he got hurt game three or four, I think we would have noticed a huge drop-off last year. And this year, we have so much talent. I I think, especially in the running back room, I think we would be okay if he got hurt. Um, I don't know. I don't know if y'all feel the same way or not. Yeah, but, I mean, Roshan really had a nice presence on Saturday. So I'd, I'd agree with that. Assuming nobody else is hurt too, because right. the injuries seem to come, you know, in waves in the same position group. Mm-hmm. So if nobody else is hurt, yes, I agree with that. But chances are everybody's kind of dinged up, right? So I'm glad, glad for who we have. And you would never want to plan for Bijan going down. But yeah, it's it's not like Bijan or, or, or nobody, you know? Yeah, for sure. And that, that was going to be like my next thing. I, I texted y'all this last week and um, – Kevin thought it was a little little out there, but I I really think our offense has the potential to be the best offense at Texas since 2008. We just have so much talent, and obviously it'll depend how if Quinn or Hudson plays this year at QB. Um, and kind of going off of what Kev just said too recently is um, the injuries. I think if our wide receiver group, the starters, if they stay healthy. I think we're going to be really dynamic. Now, if two of the three of the starters get hurt, I retract my statement, and I don't think we we will live up to our potential because the depth at wide receiver is not as good. Um, What would this year be up against for offense between now and 2008? Like, what's the next best offense? um, I... I mean, I don't have it statistically in front of me. I think, but, uh, yeah, I don't 20, expect that. Like just on feel, like yeah. 2018. I think 2018 comes yeah. to mind. Uh, 2013 would come to mind too. Uh, 2009 would come up to mind as, as well. Um, just 2009 wasn't as good as the 2018 offense. Gotcha. So, I th- and I, I like laughed at that prediction because it just seems so odd to have. I don't know that much confidence with the offensive line play last year. And I definitely agree. It depends on injuries, but it's like, it's also like this product on the field looks a lot different when you've got, you know, those two, three star recruits that are just murdering us on the defensive line from West Virginia or from, <laughs> you know, Iowa state, like time and again, this, where <laughs> regardless of skill player talent, 
they cannot produce good plays on the field because the quarterback doesn't have time. So it's like a sad waste of talent that we've experienced with bad O-line play. But like you could have NFL Hall of Famers out there. They're not going to get the ball if the quarterback, you know, is dead. And we've got to fight through that. <laughs> no, true, true. But to be fair, Andy said the most potential. So I do think that they have the most potential. I just, we, we did, how many games in a row did we lose last year, though? Capped six. off with Kansas? Six. So, you know, it could happen again, but the potential is there. And that's why yeah. it's hype season. It is hype season. <laughs> Except for Kevin. It's, it's just realistic season for him. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, so just going real quick through the rest of my notes, I um, – on the defense, I, I really liked how Blackwell and Sorrell played. Um, also, I feel pretty good about the safety position. I think Cook, he had an interception, Barron and Crawford. Um, I think they're going to make their presence known this year. I'm definitely not as confident about our uh, defensive backs, um, even though I think Ryan Watts flashed a little bit. Jameson had that terrible touchdown um, that he gave up to um, – the X-Man, so that wasn't that wasn't good to see, and LHN went off on him on that um, when that happened. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm nervous about linebackers, too. I think we need another linebacker in the transfer portal. Um, and then lastly, um, I think, Bo, you picked Justice, right, in your draft? I did, yeah. I th- He didn't, like, make huge contributions to the game on Saturday, but you kind of saw his potential on Saturday. If you like, we're looking for him. Um, he just looks like he has a different type of gear um, than other defensive linemen. So if he has that, I'm excited for the other defensive defensive linemen that are coming up and I'm excited for the other recruits to get here in June. Yeah, that'll be good. I, I had the thought crossed my mind. I was like, Ooh, I should, do like a fantasy spring game results based on our draft. But then mm-hmm. I was like, well, I feel like LHN, I was seeing it. They missed a lot of plays. Some of our picks aren't, aren't even on campus yet, but I'll, I'll keep that in mind for, 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 for the, uh, for the regular season. We'll get like some IDP, like individual defensive players too. It'll be good. Do we know, do we know when, um, I guess, Andy, do you know when um, Ochuan is supposed to announce his signing? I think he announces on Kevin's birthday. So, oh, so hopefully a good birthday present for Kevin. Wait, that's coming up soon. Is nice. that next week? Saturday? Yeah. That's my cousin too, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Isn't his last name Mathis? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you were making some joke about like the birthday thing. If he commits to Texas, are you going to name your son Oshan? <laughs> Yeah, gotta run it by the wife. We'll see. <laughs> All right, that was that was uh, that was good stuff, y'all. I don't really think there was anything too outlandish that you said, and uh, yeah, I think spring spring fo- football is a little bit boring to be honest. So I'm not, I'm not gonna do anything else. But we do have a couple more segments. We are going to take our only break right now. We'll be back in just a few seconds.
And we're back with a fun segment, to say the least. Um, our old friend, the Football Power Index, did not let it let us down with its hype, with its preseason uh, numbers that were released a week ago. And I, I come to you and tell you that in the last decade, as Texas fans, we are hyped out. We are hyped. We are ready. We are excited. We're going to win the Natty every year from January to August. We're inevitably let down in September and October. And then we're just completely numb by November. So I've come to the conclusion that we must be excited now if we're ever going to be happy. With that being said, Texas is number six in the ESPN football power index. Of course, of course, it would be ridiculous I'm, to be. I'm cringing. Well, I'm, cringing. I'm, I'm sure you are. Of course, it would be ridiculous to be ranked <laughs> that in any human poll. But this is no human manipulation. I'll remind you, the FPI is a predictive rating system designed to measure team strength and project performance going forward. So, basically, with the transfer portal, no actual human input, and Texas coming off a 5-7 and seven season with a loss to Kansas, you'd say it's trash. It's trash, right? Wouldn't y'all? But wait just a minute. Get this. The FPI in the last... Uh, since its inception in 2015, has beaten Vegas three of the seven years. And it's been among the top third of all predictive indexes every year, except last year, but we won't, we won't talk about that. <clears throat> One through four are your usual suspects. Um, but then after that, five to 22 are all pretty close. Ultimately, it has Texas record at nine and three, well, 9.4 and 3.2, if you want to get really into the weeds with a 41% chance of winning the Big 12, the highest of any team in the conference, a 21% chance of making the college football playoff, and, yes, a 2% chance of winning it all. Just just to rep the three of seven, like, that sounds like a pretty good result in conference play for us. Like, that <laughs> FPI is, like, good at its job. <laughs> like <laughs> Better than Vegas, though, who has a lot of money on the line. All that to say, and anything you care about doesn't feel good. Three out of seven years, they've beaten Vegas. Anyway, all that to say, (laughs) it likely shows us how bad the Big 12 is going to be. And as we said earlier, the potential that we have with talent. Of course, if we're one and two, having lost to our friends down at UTSA in week three, this whole bit will surely be brought back and rubbed in my face. On Tebow. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't even know how to respond to that. I feel like I just got like lobbied. And, like the FPI lobby just knocked on my door. Yeah. And, and just. C- cigarettes are good for you, Bowen. That's what he's just saying just now. <laughs> I'm just oh, telling gosh. you there's hope <laughs> with the computers. Dang. When Jake agrees with the computers that you know that there's there's something there's something there. Um, I don't buy anything I just said, by the way. It's <laughs> it's more <laughs> it's just for fun. <laughs> yeah, I think uh yeah, we all we all saw that. I think that that's 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 uh that should be interesting to see how it plays out. I guess like the only things that I had to add in my notes was I'm just really glad that we didn't show up in ESPN's way too early top twenty five. That feels like a good 
um, balancing out of their FPI rankings, which is also, you know, ESPN. So that was, that was nice. It was like, even internally within ESPN, the people and the computers aren't on the same page, which is nice. The ad money couldn't even get us the 24 and 25th ranking this way too early. I know. We're always right there. 24, 25. I know. I'm, I'm pretty glad about it. Um, I did, I did look up, I think we brought this up on an, another pod episode because these numbers are old they haven't been updated but looking at the vegas odds we're at plus eight thousand to win the natty it's like about 21st best so if you want to you know put that alongside fbi i guess that's maybe in between a sixth and not being in the top 25 i suppose and then Bijan is up 25 to one and quinn is 50 to one respectively for heisman so that's where we're at. That's where Vegas thinks we're at, which is, I think, acceptable. I think I'll take, I think I'll take uh, eighty to one to win the Natty. <laughs> F- the FBI says fifty to one because we have a two percent chance to win. Yeah, I don't know if that's yeah. how it works. But... Eighty to one has me thinking about maybe putting some some real dollars down on that. Yeah. These are old though. I can I can look at the updated numbers after this and and, and text y'all see if see if anything interests us. Yeah, the, the no show in the too early top twenty five does give me comfort. I feel like we're somewhere in between the two. But does that no show in the way too early mean we're also a no show in the preseason A people? Preseason AP is released in August. Hmm. I think the only thing exciting that would happen between then and now is choosing a starting quarterback and we all know who that's going to be. So we probably the, won't be ranked preseason, right? The way too early is like one or two writers at ESPN. The AP is 60 different sports journalists across the country. So they're really not, they're really not related at all. Yeah. I would say there's, a, they find a way to put us in 24, 23, somewhere in there. Yeah. It's probably where we belong, but my, my response to the FPI BS is just like, it's, the joke continues. We referenced it so much last fall, and we can't do anything but continue the <laughs> inside joke about the computer models now. Um, everybody here knows. I'm not interested in buying in. I think I will buy in OU weekend if we have less than two losses, uh, but not now. And I know that this model takes into account returning starters quite a bit, which may matter. Maybe we'll be surprised with some returning talent on the field. Um, But it was interesting to hear your breakdown about how it sounded like the ranking was more based on probability of making it to the college football playoff than, you know, wins and losses, which speaks to the weakness of the big 12 after what's happened to OU. So I can understand that, but just being realistic, I think it's way too high. Um, yeah, but also, like, we talked about this earlier. It's not really in ESPN's interest to hype us preseason because the Bama game is a Fox game, right? So they don't have, you know, I guess a fiscal reason for hyping us too much. So has it maybe been it was that? honest. The preseason ranking? No, the the Bama game. It Didn't y'all say it was, like, going to be on Fox most likely? I can't recall. I think it was going to be a Fox game. I'm not sure either. I think that was a 
I think Andy had mentioned that. Yeah, I think based I th- on the order of how they were choosing the games this year. Yeah, yeah but if I think I, I think it's going to be on Fox based on everything I've heard. But it really doesn't matter. Like if we're ranked 50th, like I'm going to be stoked for the Bama game regardless. So we actually booked our Airbnb for the Alabama game today. Let's go. They're flying off that app right now. So I don't know, Andrew, if you are planning on going, but you should probably figure out where you're staying now. Yeah, I need need to get on that. I don't have anything else going on this week, so I can probably look into that. (laughs) Funny joke. Well, Andy, you have anything else to add? Any nuggets on FPI? Um, I would rather donate my annual salary to OU Athletics and talk about FBI. So let's go to the next topic. Wow. Dang, <laughs> that was a really that was a really good line. Um, <clears throat> all right, all right, we'll move we'll move on from the power that is the football power index. Uh, last thing we wanted to talk about a little bit is the the battle in the quarterback room between Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card. Um. Yeah, it looks like there is a, once again, it seems to be every single year, we've got a competition at quarterback, or at least the appearance of a competition. So, Yeah, I can start us off. I didn't have too many notes here. Um, I would like to avoid a battle going like throughout the season. I mean, that's obviously a lot easier said than done, but I would, I would really, really like for us to make a call and hopefully not be stubborn and stick with it, but like that to be, you know, where we want to go forward with. I feel like based off the small sample size that we've seen out of Quinn, I'm going to give it to him. I feel like we have a pretty young team. Like we've said throughout the episode, there's a lot of potential. I'd love to see the QB grow with the team. I mean, Hudson's got a ton of maturity and has definitely seen shown some growth and we saw some sparks in the game, but also, so I didn't love seeing some of the scrambling that he did and some of the the dump offs, like they didn't look super great. I mean, and it's just a spring game, right? But uh, that's that's where I would give it to. I, 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 my, my, I'm, I'm, I'm in the Quinn camp right now. So that's 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 me. What about you, Kevin? I don't, I don't think I've. I'm, I guess I'm reserving my opinion for more insight coming out of fall camp. But right now, like where my head's at, I guess is. From Sark's perspective, like he he has to get it right. I don't think the decision will be that hard for him come August. But Sark's mo coming to Texas was he was kind of the the quarterback guru, right? Um, last year, there was a lot said about the competition between Casey and Hudson, and Sark picked Hudson, and that was the wrong decision. After we played, you know, Arkansas away, um, he changed his mind and kind of went to Casey. So for Sark to get that wrong in his first season at Texas was pretty remarkable, in my opinion, that, you know, maybe you could put it on Hudson and say he looked good in practice and just didn't have the maturity to really stick to his guns and trust his training at an, at an away game. But it was very significant and telling to me that the, the QB guru kind of screwed that up last time. So Sark doesn't have uh, a chance to get that decision wrong again. And like you were saying, I hope that that decision comes sooner than later so that you can, you know, increase the chances of whoever the starter is playing well and being ready when the time comes. Um, Not to comment too much about 
the spring game because it's, you know, vanilla play calling and it's not a real game environment. But I thought it, it was obvious that Quinn has more arm strength than Hudson. Um, off balance, he's able to get a lot more velocity on his passes than Hudson is. And it seemed like he had some throws that he could make off balance that Hudson couldn't. Um, Hudson still threw the ball well over the middle of, of the field, but it was cool to see them both play and see that, you know, Quinn's arm is, is legit and it is. Um, the last thing I'll say is I watched uh, some interviews of Quinn and Hudson that came out on the Texas football YouTube channel last week. And it was just like, I feel like we still don't really know who Quinn is and like what he's about personally. Like if you compare it to a Sam Ellinger, like, yes, you know, him on the field, but you also understand his like win at all costs mentality and his leadership style. Um, and Quinn actually seemed kind of like a quiet guy during his interview, which hard because you would assume that someone with the mullet and, you know, the flashy NIL deals and success in high school and big recruiting stories coming out of high school that he would be kind of outspoken and and of a certain personality right and he was he was getting a lot of like critical questions from the media about his transfer to texas and was giving very non-specific responses the whole time and seemed to be kind of like a, a quiet natured guy so um i was a little surprised by that and hudson has the same mo like hudson last year was was not a vocal leader and has been outspoken about the fact that he's trying to, you know, voice his opinion more often in front of the team. So I'm interested more than anything, just to see who, which one of the quarterbacks kind of takes the team under, under their wing and becomes that leader in the locker room, because neither one of them, neither one of them is like the Sam Ellinger archetype or whatever it's called. So um, it'll be interesting to watch. I think, you know, I won't say it because it's too soon to say it, but I, I know who's going to be chosen. I think we all do. Um, and I hope that happens in, you know, June or July rather than, rather than August, but I'll keep watching regardless. Yeah. I, I was a big Hudson card guy last off season. Um, he's obviously matured. He's really good. And I hope he stays and remains big team guy and backup. But if, if he wants to see meaningful time at Texas, I hope it's because we're up by 40 because Seriously, we all know who's starting. It's Quinn, and he should. I mean, he the raw talent is there. I think he does have the swagger. I, I agree that he's quieter right now, but I think that's almost because he had this loud persona surrounding him in high school and Ohio State, and I think he's wanting to earn the leadership, tr the trust of the team so he can show that he's a leader uh, by earning it in the locker room and not by the last few years. So I don't know. I think it's pretty clear that, Quinn's our guy and I hope he leads us to greatness or maybe it'll be four and eight either way I'll watch and time will tell yeah I think that's a great point Jake I um yeah I think he's just trying to prove himself to the team um through throughout the spring I bet he does that in the summer months too before August comes around um I don't have a ton to add we all have an idea who's going to be chosen you don't get a you don't get a five-star quarterback uh, to transfer to your school and not pick him. Um, that rarely happens. And um, yeah, I, I think we all agree on that. Um, but the good thing is, is, so an important note, 
is that this week is the last week that you can transfer and be able to play this fall. And so I don't think Hudson's going to transfer this week. And if he, if they both go in into August competing for the job, even if Quinn is selected pretty early on, uh, Hudson, I don't think it's going to transfer. One, um, he, it, the interview that Kevin was talking about last week, he talked about how Texas is still his dream school. And I think he wants to try to work, make it work at Texas uh, to the best of his ability. So uh, I think he'll stay in the fall. And I think that's a, the biggest development because if he transferred before the season started, uh, started that would have been um, just not good as a program. So uh, I think it's going to be Quinn. Excited Hudson's going to be here too because if Quinn gets hurt, I think we would be okay. Um, outside of the Bama game. A, a quick question on this topic. So one thing that Hudson said, I think three, maybe four times during that media availability last week was that he was feeling a lot more comfortable because it was his second year in Sark's system. And I think he's kind of like, he's not saying it in bold, but he's letting on to the media that he feels like that's a big advantage that he has ever over Quinn, having more time more familiarity with the terminology and the playbook. With that in mind, like knowing that Hudson has more familiarity with the playbook, the terminology, more command of the offense in the huddle. Do you think that, do you all think that that really does give him a meaningful advantage come fall camp in Sark's mind about who he's going to choose? Um, I think yeah. it gives him an advantage, but meaningful, I think is the word that I key in on. It doesn't feel that like that meaningful to me. I feel like if if Quinn was a true freshman and hadn't spent a year, you know, in a pretty comprehensive like Ohio State program, then maybe, but it doesn't feel like it's enough. I was also looking on on the Hudson note. Also, Andy, thanks for that insight around the transfer window. I, I didn't even know that it was even within the realm of possibility of Hudson even transferring. But I just saw on the Texas football website, I didn't, I may have known this before, but I forgot. Hudson is in the esteemed Macomb School of Business, which is as good of a, a magnet for talent as anything. So if nothing else, Hudson's going to be a proud, proud graduate of the Macomb School. So he's got that at least. Nice. Nice. <clears throat> anything else y'all want to discuss about that or, or anything else in this offseason? I'm just hoping that the Bama game's a night game. I need those four hours to tailgate to enjoy the day before the game starts. I know. I'm not going to be able to do the tailgate if it's at an 11 a.m. game. I mean, we'll still do it. It'll just be a, an early. Yeah. yeah. Kegs and eggs, baby. Kegs and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that, is, that is the perfect uh, conclusion to this show. Thank you all for listening. Um, we, will, we will be back next season if that's not very clear that uh, we're, we're going to continue doing this. So uh, with that being said, wanted to also thank our producer, Hamilton Lizer, who puts this together each and every time. So thanks, Ham. 
With that being said, that brings us to the end. Uh, we look forward to coming back to you very soon. Hook them. Hook them. <laughs>